song 908. Amen. God bless you all this evening. We ask that the Lord would just come and meet you all this, this evening and you know, come prepared. Amen. Let's just, let's just sing this chorus. Start with the chorus. So let the storm rage high, the dark clouds rise. They will worry me, for I'm sheltered safe within.
869. So as we go to prayer, uh, this song came to mind while uh, Brother, Brother Tom, you were given today's sermon uh, for Brother Henry, and the, the, the course just was going through my mind, oh, to reflect His grace, causing the world to see, amen, and I believe that was Brother Henry's life, and, and I believe that's what our desire should be, that the whole world may see the love of God glowing in us, amen. Let's just start with the, the first verse. Christ the transforming light Oh, touches this heart of mine Oh, piercing the darkest night Oh, making His glory shine
have a, a quick testimony from our brother Sam Waldner. He wants to give the Lord thanks for healing his back on Sunday. Brother Michael and Brother Murphy prayed for him. He was healed. When he got home, he was in no more pain for bending and up to this day, no pain. I'm very grateful for the Lord's touch that uh, he has given uh, and the many mercies over the times that he has shown, Brother Sam. Amen. Uh, our brother Stephen Meyer from Hudson Hope uh, wrote in a prayer request. Um, he was in a car accident yesterday um, and was taken to the hospital, um, but now is discharged from the hospital and uh, suffered a neck injury. And he just wants to be remembered in prayer um, that his neck would be healed. Amen. Let's just sing this chorus one more time. Oh, to reflect his grace. Oh, to reflect his grace. Once again, Lord, we thank you for your goodness towards us, Lord, and for hearing about this accident our Brother Stephen had this, this afternoon, Lord, not knowing how bad it was, but God, your grace and your mercy protected him from a more serious injury, Lord, and we just ask now that you go to him, Lord. We ask that you touch his neck, Lord, as he's asked. We know you're a, a miracle-working God. You heal us when we ask. All we must do is believe. Lord, just asking now you go to him, touch his neck. And Lord, also just remembering today was such a wonderful day, Lord. Remembering our brother Henry. He meant a lot to us, Lord. His life, his testimony. And Lord, we know that many people were touched. But what they heard this, this morning in the services, I was. And Lord, just asking now that you just be with Elizabeth, the family, Lord, knowing they have a loss, Lord. Many believers were affected greatly by his life, including myself, Lord. And we just commit this service into your hands, Lord, knowing that you have something great for us. We know we're in the end times, Lord. There's so much going on in this world. This world is so insane. But God, you've given us a hiding place, a place that we can come into knowing, God, that you are in control. There's nothing that can affect your bride, Lord, because you are in control of every situation even remembering what the prophet said in the greatest battle ever fought he said don't worry about russia they're never going to win a war and lord we can see that your hand is there we just ask that you would just put us at peace at rest in our hearts oh god give us that faith that assurance that you are in control of all things lord we thank you now for this opportunity once again to come into your house lord we are such a blessed people Lord, to sit under your prophet's ministry, the ministry here, feeding from that word and bringing your word to us, Lord. We're thankful for men of God. We ask now that you'd be with Brother Tim, Lord, that you'd speak through his vocal cords, Lord, and bring the word of God to us, what we need in this season. Lord, we just thank you once again for your love and your mercy and your goodness towards us. We commit our lives this evening into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen.
have your seats. We just want to welcome those who are on the internet, who will are live streaming, those who will archive the service. And ask that God would just meet you guys. Um, just a reminder that Sunday evening service uh, is communion, and that will be at 4 o'clock. Just to be and prepare for that. Let's sing, um, Let the Worshippers Arise. Father, I see that you would draw a line in the sand and want to be standing on your side.
worship him tonight. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You are worthy of our praise, our worship, oh God. All of our worship goes to you, oh God. If it wasn't for your amazing grace, oh God, your blood that you shed for us on Calvary, oh God, none of us would be here, oh Jesus. The least we can do is cry out to you, give you praise, give you worship, oh God, for all that you've done to us, that the sons and the daughters could rise up and sing and give you praise. Hallelujah. We surrender it all to you, oh God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's already done. It's already done. Oh, it's already done. If you have a need, just lift it before the Lord. Oh, it's already done. He's already met your need. He's already answered your prayer. Hallelujah.
glad when the storm is there that he's there? Aren't you glad when it seems like all hope is gone, he's not gone? He's always there, a very present help in a time of trouble, very present amongst us. We thank God for that. We're glad to be in Jesus Christ tonight. Aren't you glad God sent a message in this day? Praise be to God. Where would we be without this message? Amen. You can have your seats just for a moment if you would. Amen. That is all the singing that we will do. Thank you to the musicians. I want to just bring you greetings from Germany where I was at Easter. Took a few days just to go and and after many, um, I won't say attempts, but many uh, plans that COVID had postponed, we were finally able to get to Germany, be with Brother Ringen and his people there in northern Germany near Hamburg. And uh, we had a wonderful meeting, wonderful Easter meetings, and people, the, many Germans gathered in from different regions of German, uh, different regions of Germany, and some that were not German. <laughs> uh, saw Brother Caleb there and uh, uh, his dear wife and child, and so it was nice to see them. We thank God for his grace. We just had a wonderful time, and Brother Ringen sends his greetings, and the believers send their greetings to the believers here. And so God bless you from the believers in Germany. And uh, the Lord just blessed us with wonderful, wonderful time there. Um, I also want to bring greetings from the Philippines, but I won't specifically. But if you would put the video up just before you start it. Um, a couple of years ago, before COVID, the... <laughs> I guess you started it anyway. <laughs> but we'll play that again in just a moment. And uh, the... Um, a couple of years ago, the Sunday school raised funds for Bibles in the Philippines. And uh, over $1,000 were raised all told uh, for Brother Ray Soriano's church, the Sunday school, the children, uh, many gathered. And you're about to see a video where you'll see about 40 children, but that's not all the children. Many, you'll, see, you'll see monitors uh, in the background of children that are still streaming in. And because of COVID, it took a couple years to be able to get the Bibles and get them to the children. And so we want to say thank you to all the Sunday school children. Thank you to everyone that supported. Thank you, Brother Richard, and the work of all the Sunday school teachers. It was a great work, and the believers, the Sunday school children in the Philippines were benefited. So they sent their greetings to Cloverdale Bible Way to say thank you. So you can give us some volume. direct from the children there and I thought that was wonderful they did just a nice little greeting there and and uh, and greeted us from the Philippines um, I appreciated the memorial service today I think sister Elizabeth is probably streaming from home she said she'd be watching the service tonight and uh, you know I was thinking about it yesterday uh, and I had this quote uh, in my notes, I think it's the same quote you used today, Brother Tom. And uh, uh, I, Brother Brown says in the message influence, he says, many, I many times preach funerals, and I never try to say too much about the person that's passed on because there's no need of saying it. The people 
the life the man has or woman, whatever it might be, has lived, would speak louder to the congregation than anything I could say about them. That would never change their opinion. Their life told what they were. And I think those are very appropriate words for everybody, but especially I was thinking as Brother Tom ministered a wonderful service this afternoon, speaking about the life of Brother Henry, words are not sufficient. You know, when you, when you talk about a life of a man that gave, gave so much, he helped us build the church up in uh, Grand Prairie and contributed to that with his special skills. Uh, I think Brother Henry was a simple man that lived a profound life. And it was because it's not him, but Christ living in him. And the English language just simply is not sufficient to describe uh, uh, the impact of that life upon us. We love Brother Henry. We're sad not for Brother Henry. We sorrow for ourselves. We'll miss him. The family will miss him, and God bless the family, and we'll remember them in prayer, I'm sure, and with our encouragement. You know, we certainly, those of us that have gone through it, know what it feels like, and, and Sister Elizabeth being caught up in the moment, uh, she, uh, you know, is busy right now, and the body almost goes into shock uh, in a situation like this, but in a few weeks, if you think of her, then you just give her some words of encouragement and let her know that you're thinking of her after all of the events wear off and she's kind of feeling by herself. She'll need that encouragement. So we'll do that as the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And I also want to make one other announcement. Just got it just before I came to the pulpit. Brother Harold Hildebrandt has passed away this evening. And uh, he had been suffering for some time with Parkinson's. And uh, uh, the Lord took him home tonight. Brother Harold was a tremendous soldier of the faith. Our hearts go out not just to the family, Sister Leanne and the children and all of his children, but also to the church there, which was well established in the faith. Brother Hildebrandt was one of those first generation preachers, if we say so, in the message that laid a good foundation of this word, not just at home, but in many places. I've, I've been able to be places like Uganda. He's a saint in Uganda. And, uh, and I don't just mean that we're all saints, but he, he, he's literally a, a uh, I don't know what you would call it without lifting him up unduly, but they just really think the world of him over there. Many of the beginning brothers in that country were established through Brother Hildebrandt's ministry. And I have had the privilege of building upon the foundation, and I say that he sowed the message, and the crop is sure. And God has blessed his ministry, and now he's gone to his reward. He's been a real friend to me personally. I lived up in the north there and uh, was always an encouragement to me. And Brother Tom was able to be at his 80th birthday just a few weeks ago, and I'm so glad for that. Many were there. I didn't make it for several reasons, but we just thank God for another life. That words cannot describe what that life really impacted the world 
through this glorious message of this hour. Listen, saints, we're not just blessed to have a message. We're blessed to have real men and women of God that have stood true throughout the years and have, and have stood on this word and proved it, and we are the beneficiaries of it. We are the beneficiaries of it, and so we'll be remembering them in prayer. I don't have any details. I just, just was getting ready to come to church when I got the text that he had just passed away. And so you just remember the family there and the church there in Edmonton in prayer. Amen. So let's stand together and take our Bibles. It's been a full day. And we, we heard a wonderful message this afternoon. And, uh, you know, we could almost just have a word of prayer for all of these uh, situations. And life is full of change, isn't it? Things happen unexpectedly. Um, though we realize, as David said, I go the way of the whole earth. If time goes on, uh, one by one, we'll go on. If the Lord tarries, you'll hear Brother Tim passing away. You'll hear of others. That's just the way life is. But as Brother Branham said, if you hear that I'm gone, don't think I'm dead. (laughs) I'm just waiting on the other side. And Brother Harold's just waiting on the other side. Brother Henry's just waiting on the other side. They have the better lot right now. And uh, we're thankful for that. And we're going to press on and walk in those footprints that have been laid down on the sands of time. Let's just bow our heads together in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, oh, wonderful, wonderful Father. We're so glad that you're our Father, Lord. We're so glad that we have you, Lord. And we love you because you first loved us. And Lord, you drew us unto yourself that you might reveal yourself to us. And because you drew us unto yourself, we became interconnected with all of your attributes. Brother Henry was an attribute. Brother Hildebrandt was an attribute, Lord. Others, oh God, if time would tarry. And Lord, because they're a part of you, we love them too. And Lord, you've taken them home and we continue on in this earthly journey. Strengthen us for the battle, Lord. Encourage us in the fight, we pray. Give us strength, Lord. These are, these are great men that have gone on before us, O oh God. And Lord, as they have finished their fight, they have run their race, they have finished their course, now they've gone to their reward. We say, Lord, give us strength to run this race. Give us strength, O oh God, to carry on as long as we have time upon the earth. May your word go forth from our lips. May it be lived in our lives and may it be declared as glorious in this last generation. Father, we remember the families, O oh God, especially that knew them intimately, O oh God, and we pray for Sister Elizabeth and the family and Sister Leanne and the family, O oh Lord. Oh Lord, you are indeed the comforter. You are the one that pours in grace in a time of need. And so bless them, Lord, we pray. Encourage them, Father, as we commit them into your hands. We ask now as we turn back the pages of the word, may you encourage us, Lord. We we can only speak of what you've made real to us, Lord. And we just ask that you'll just inspire us. You know the needs that are in this assembly. Not discounting every physical need every spiritual need, 
every natural need, Lord. May you just minister your word to the needs this evening and draw each one of us closer unto yourself, for truly we all have need of more of you, Lord. Have your way now, we pray, as we commit ourselves to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4 is where we'll be turning tonight. I haven't been able to get out of Ephesians 4 since last time I spoke. I've just been pondering these wonderful words. Could read the whole chapter, um, which you certainly can do when you get home. And when you're done that, you can read the whole book. And then when you're done that, you can read the whole Bible. And, uh, you know, this, there's all of it is good. It's all profitable. Amen. And, uh, and so... Uh, just to save time, I was going to read more, but I think just to save time, we'll jump in. Chapter 4, uh, we'll jump in at verse 29, but I'll just say, you know, it, it starts with, you know, one faith, one Lord, one baptism. It goes into the fivefold ministry and the purpose and the building up of the church. And then it goes down to the individual born again believer and being renewed in the spirit of your mind. And so, verse 29 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. All right, so what ought our words to do? Minister grace unto those that hear our words. And he says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another. Can you say amen to that? Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Amen. The Lord had his blessing to the word. You may be seated. Amen. God bless you, Brother Dan. Good to see you. I haven't seen you in the office yet, but... Just because I haven't been there, not because you haven't been there. Welcome home. Amen. Let no corrupt communication. I, I, I want to take a title out of a song that was sung on Sunday as I was pondering these thoughts, and they sang the first line of that song. And I would title the message tonight, A Breath of Heaven. A Breath of Heaven. Now, it says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Don't let corrupt communication come out of our mouths and because we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We don't want to hinder the power of the Holy Spirit within our lives. We, we realize that, that uh, you know, we preach justification to them that are lost. And we preach sanctification to them that believe. And we preach the baptism of the Holy Ghost to sons and daughters of God. And, there's, and we realize that they're all graces of God. You know, that we believe in justification, we believe in sanctification, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but we don't preach sanctification to those that are lost. We preach grace. We, we preach justification, that you can be justified by faith. The first thing is that they must believe. It's not that they need to quit smoking, it's not that they need to quit drinking and all of those things, rather that they would accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. Let the life of Jesus Christ come into your life, let the power of God come into you, and those things will leave. 
Smoking will leave. Drinking will leave. Anything that grieves the Holy Spirit will leave our lives. And even sanctification is something that can be preached to those that already believe and are filled with the Holy Ghost. Because once you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you're still a babe in Christ. You know, when you're first filled with the Holy Ghost, let's say once you're filled, but uh, when you're first filled with the Holy Ghost, when you're first born again, you're a babe in Christ, and a babe must learn. You know, when our, when our babies are born, we, we, we need to feed them. They need to learn how to eat. They need to learn how to use a spoon. They need to learn how to use a fork. They need to learn how to sit at the table without dropping all the food on the floor. Sometimes we're still in that stage, no matter how old we get. You know, they, they have a process that they have to go through in life. There's a learning process. They're still a human being. They got all the life they're going to have as a human life. Matter of fact, their life is just growing and growing until they get about, what is it, 21, 18, 21, and then it begins to diminish, and, and the body begins to diminish at 25, and so on and so forth. But the life is already there. There's a development, a process, a maturity, and so is it in the believer. The Word of God comes to the believer, and even as a believer, we need to learn how to not grieve the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the power of God in you, that even by that power, you are able to speak worlds into existence and go and live on it. Now, let me just read what Brother Branham said about that. It's a, it's a great statement, and I, I love it. In 1961, ever-present water from the rock, he says, when we die, our souls will go under the altar of God, where I was privileged to see a few mornings ago, as you know, in the vision where the Bible speaks of. Our spirits will go to God who give it. Our bodies will return to the dust of the earth. But someday, where the scripture is fulfilled, our spirits will be released from God, will pick up the soul, the soul to the body, and the power that will raise us up is right in us now. We are now in heavenly places. We are now in the power of the resurrection. If there wasn't a law to that, Sons and daughters of God would create them a world out here and go live a private life on it. All right? He says you have the power in you to do it. If you've got a shadow of the power of God in you, you got power to do it. God is omnipotent. See what I mean? The power that's in you, you could speak a world into existence and go and live on it. That's the power in the church now. But it's controlled by a law. And that law is not, the bunch of, not keeping a bunch of commandments. It's a law of faith. Jesus said all things are possible to them that believe. If you can believe it, whatever God will lead your soul to believe, that is yours. All right, now let me just stop here for a moment and make you realize the impact of that statement. You see, it's God's will that many die. Because if God released all faith to you, you would believe over every sickness and you would never die. But it's God's will that some go by the way of the grave. Brother Henry went by the way of the grave. Brother Hildebrandt went by the way of the grave. God withholds some things. I got another quote here where Brother Branham actually says that when he's talking about a case. He says, now the promise is true. And I'll come to the quote. The promise is true. He says, but it just hasn't been released yet. 
I think he uses the word released. I'll clarify that in a moment. So God has to hold back the power that's actually in you. Because you've got enough power already for a resurrection. You've got enough power already for a body change. The power is already within you. What the word brings to you is faith. That's why we say rapturing faith lays in the message. Amen. Not rapturing power. Rapturing power is already in you by the new birth. But the faith to release that power lays in the word of the hour. And so we realize then that there's something moving within us. And as much as God will allow us to believe, because it's not our believing, faith is a revelation. God is the only giver of revelation. We are fortunate in this hour to have more revelation than any age has ever had. We, we, there's been more word open in this hour than any other age. More than even the original church. We're back to the pure word of God plus the mysteries that were hidden down through the ages. And so we're walking in the full light of the hour that has the potential to release. And just any day now is going to release the power of God that is going to change these mortal bodies. And when Paul spoke in 1 Corinthians 15 that we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed. He was speaking about the fulfillment of the power that was already in him. Amen. When he said in Romans chapter 8, the fullness of adoption to wit the redemption of our mortal bodies, he was speaking of the spirit of adoption in Romans 8 that was in the sons and daughters of God. But it would come to its fullness of adoption in the change of these mortal bodies. I begin to think, and I'll just throw this out. I haven't studied this yet thoroughly, but I begin to think of adoption in a different way in that almost... In the terms of adoption of the soul, adoption of the spirit, and adoption of the body. And I almost, my mind just began to break it down in three realms because of some things that Brother Branham said. But when you're sealed, you're sealed until the day of your redemption. You're already there. Your soul is already sealed. You're already the nature of God on the inside. But now let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. All right? Now, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'll just say... In heaven, think of it, Brother Henry's first breath in heaven. What that must have felt like as he filled those theophany lungs with the air of heaven. Glory. Brother Harold just stepped across into a young body. What it must have felt like. He's been so weak with that demon called Parkinson's afflicting his body, but then he could just breathe in, in glory. What a breath. When the sisters sang that on Sunday, I thought, it took me back to Ethiopia. Here's, here's something that happened to me. I was in Ethiopia, uh, in Addis Ababa, the capital city, and I was feeling not well. And I was, I was thinking, what's wrong with me? It's like I can't catch my breath but yet I can catch my breath. It wasn't COVID, anything like that. It was just like, I breathe in, and it's like, just like didn't satisfy. You know, you just take a deep breath, and it's like, oh, man, there's something not quite right. And I thought, is something wrong with my heart? Is something wrong with, you know, my lungs? Is, you know, how the devil starts working on you, right? Uh, you know, what's, what's wrong with me? And, and then I began to think about the pollution in the capital city. And not just the regular pollution from the cars and the industry, 
But there's also a level of pollution in Ethiopia that most places don't have, in that when they make their coffee, they roast it in the house, in the hotel, in wherever, over live coals. So they're actually burning live coals inside. And, and this is a, a kind of a permeating thing everywhere. You can't get away from it. Okay, it's just there. And I thought to myself, you know, I, I can't hardly, I, I wasn't out of breath, but I thought, you know, it just didn't feel right. Finally, the, the meetings moved down to Hawassa. Hawassa is more of a, it's on the edge of a lake, a big lake. It's a beautiful resort area and much greenery and everything like that. And when we got to Hawassa, the air was much better. It was like, oh, I can breathe now. I can breathe. But I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to that first breath in heaven. Brother Nathan caught it Sunday morning. I could see he was catching the same thing. I was thinking, that first breath on the other side. Oh, glory saints. It's going to be wonderful over there. It's going to be wonderful. One day all that has been caused by this civilization will be no more. All the pollution will be gone. Amen. No more war. Amen. No more crime. We won't have vehicles, but if we, need, we had them, we won't need to lock them. We won't need to lock our front door. You know, all of these things, uh, there'll be no more of that over there. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more sorrow, the scripture says in Revelation 21. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. And everyone with aches and pains said, Amen. Amen. You young men don't know what we're talking about. Amen. No more pain for the former things are passed away. God is going to bring everything back to its integrity. Now, I preached on that a while back, and I'm not going to go into the details of it. But I got to thinking about it in Germany and ministered a little bit further on it there in Germany. And in that the, the one thing that is integral or complete or whole is eternity. Where we are, Brother Brown, well, let me read it the way Brother Brown describes it. He says, this great chain of perfection was broken by time-space. Time came because of sin. He says, let's draw a picture of time. Let's see a perfect circle forever. Then all at once, sin dropped in and put it, as my wife calls it, a little hickey or a little drop in the chain so it comes down now. Eternity continues on, but it's not in its perfect condition. He says, there's a little gap comes down, breaks over this way, goes out this way. God has to do that because Satan caused it. And it dropped down to a space of time for the trying and the perfecting and for the purging of the lost, that God, by His sovereign grace, might someday lift that little hickey or gap back into the perfect circle. Then she rolls on just the same. Amen. Everything that we're experiencing here is out of order. Everything that we're going through isn't exactly right. 
even though God pours grace into this realm and God gives us mercies when we need it and all of those kind of things. But that's not this realm. That's something that comes actually from another realm into this realm. And we're struggling with the imperfection. We're struggling with the imperfections of this body. As I said to somebody the other day, I can't remember who I was talking to. I think it was overseas. I said, there's only word, one word for death. I said, death stinks. I says, death is not something that's good. I don't care. Brother Brown says it's a release out of this realm, and it is. It's a door. It's a release from pain and suffering and all of those things, and we appreciate that, and that there is an end to this kind of suffering. Life does not go on in suffering forever, but yet in the midst of all of it, I'll say death is never something that we rejoice in. You know, we rejoice in somebody's reward. We rejoice when somebody has eternal life, but death is hard, and death is out of order. And death wasn't meant to be. You understand what I'm saying? That's not part of eternity. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more suffering. Oh, hallelujah. There'll be no more pain. When, that, when God takes, like a, I think Brother Bram describes it here. He says, uh, now time is this little loop that loops down. He says, Jesus was from eternity to eternity. But he stepped into the time space, made flesh, and came through here in order to sanctify or put a streak of blood all across this place to redeem it and connect it back with God again for all eternity. Amen. One day, it says, and Brother Brown says another place, I think, and one day he's going to pull that scarlet thread. And everything that's attached to the scarlet thread will be brought back into eternity. Amen. That's not poetic license. That's a reality. Amen. There's a redemptive purpose of God that's going on right now, redeeming the lost, calling those that are elected, bringing them into their position because God had them in their mind. As Brother Tom said on Sunday, they're an attribute of God before the foundation of the world. You can't change that. They're a part of God. You're a part of God. I'm a part of God. I might be a small part of God, but I'm still a part of God. And if I have the smallest part of God in me, then I have enough power to speak worlds into existence and go and live on them. There's already power to change this mortal body. There's power to heal every sick person. There's power to break every chain. There's power to drive the devil away. There's power to drive fear away. There's power to drive bondage away. That's laying right in the believer right now. And it all relies on one thing, faith. And faith comes by hearing the word. Amen. How important is it that God sent a message in this hour? He's bringing back all that was lost that is His. Eternity is integrity, and time is a flaw. It's an anomaly. It's a place where grace has been revealed, but eternity is coming back to preeminence. Just take that one statement and let your mind go out into the thoughts of God. Eternity is coming back to preeminence. There's a lot of things in your life that want preeminence. There's battles that you're going through that want preeminence. There's pressures that want preeminence. There's stress in this age that want preeminence. There's obligations that want preeminence. There's things the devil's trying to tie you to that want preeminence. But I'll say eternity is coming back to preeminence. Hallelujah. 
Listen, the, the, we talk about houses and lands and, and we talk about uh, streets of gold and, how, and, and a palace made of gold and all of those kind of things. Listen, saints, it's way beyond that. It's way beyond that. Those things are just carnal interpretations of things that are eternity. It, that things that we are unable to describe. That's why when we get a life of a brother that we memorialize, it's hard to describe it. When we hear of another brother or sister passing on, it's hard to describe what it means to us because it's an eternal life. And it's hard to put into words the reality of the power of God that moved in an individual. Don't ever think of Brother Henry as just, just some uh, simple Hutterite. He was an attribute of God. The power of God that moved in Brother Henry. You might, sometimes the devil might get people to look at and say, well, look at the loose ends. Look at the needs. Look at this. No, there's no loose ends with God. God has a purpose in everything. The wheels of God are moving exactly on time. Everything is moving exactly according to the plan of God. There is nobody that can say, oh, God, you're too late. Or, God, you're, 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 what about this and what about that? He has it all in control. He knows the end from the beginning. He understands all things. There's no mystery with God. The mystery is with us. There's coming one last annihilation of pollution. It's called the lake of fire. Where all hell and all unbelief and every devil, every fallen angel, every evil thing will be cast into the lake of fire. To be eternally annihilated. Even to the very essence of its being. It, it will... You know, it will go, and I don't have words to describe that either. It will go somewhere, I don't know where, but it will, every corruption from the truth of that which is the integrity of God will be destroyed. And all that will be left is purity. There'll never be another speck of pollution. There'll never be another carbon monoxide molecule caused by the burning of something or other. Michael, you're more educated than I am. You probably know how to describe it. There'll never be none of that. So therefore, I'll say there'll never be no cars. Praise the Lord. Amen. My car is sitting in my driveway with a flat tire again. None of those things will we battle anymore. Everything will be perfect. But the scripture here is commanding us, let not spiritual pollution come out of your mouth. Let no corrupt thing come out of your mouth. Talk about bad breath. See, sometimes I drop things in that you'll never forget. You'll go home and you'll think about that for days and days. Spiritual pollution. Let no corrupt thing come out of your mouth. Now we realize that a word is a thought expressed. So 
if there's to be no corrupt thing come out of our mouths, then there is to be no corrupt thing in our minds. Because the only way it could come out of our mouth is if it's first in our minds. And the devil is a master at planting corrupt things in the mind. And he wants to fill our minds with pollution, which is corrupt things of this civilization. And he wants us to to feed on those things and and let our minds be full of those things. But I'll say uh, he has called us to overcome those things. Now he says specifically in the scripture here, not to get ahead of myself, but he says specifically, he says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Those are all things that are in the mind first. They're not just things that are spoken. But he says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth and put away these things from your mind. All right? Let these things be completely put away. Now, I want to just deal with one thing here. Like I said, this chapter, you could preach a year on this chapter. But I was thinking on the subject of bitterness. Brother Ray got me thinking on it because he was talking about bitterness at a prayer meeting a couple prayer meetings ago. And I was thinking about bitterness because I've ministered on it before. I'm sure we all have. In that bitterness is something that comes in life. You can't actually avoid bitterness coming to you. You know, when Israel went through the journey, Brother Branham talks about, and I think it's Exodus 15, which we won't turn to, but he talks about them coming through the Red Sea and how that they're rejoicing and they're having a jubilee and, and they're dancing on the shore and Miriam is dancing with the sisters and she's got the tambourine and they're worshiping God over the great victory that they just had over the Egyptians and those Egyptians which they knew they'll see them no more and it was game over for the Egyptians and the Israelites were walking in victory and they went three, j- three days journey from there into the wilderness okay? and they arrive at the waters of Merah Okay. Now, Brother Branham describes it. I'll describe it the way he says it because he says it so well. He says, after the big song was over, the big shout and having a hallelujah big time, they started through the wilderness and led them straight to bitter waters. And then he says, isn't that strange? Oh, my, right into temptation, right into where the waters was bitter and they couldn't drink. Now look, that stream of Merah, bitter waters, lays right in God's path. He was leading his children. Isn't that strange? Looked like God would have bypassed that. But he led them right straight up to that water. See, there's things that happen in life that God leads you to. I can say... Sister Elizabeth has been made to drink of bitter waters. Listen, I don't care how you dress it up. To lose your spouse is bitter waters. It's just the reality of it. And it's, it's not that it, her faith is decreased. I admire her faith and I admire her stalwartness. And she's a wonderful sister. 
But sometimes in life, it's necessary that you go to the waters of Merah. I know these aren't the high amen, jumping, shouting. I don't know why they don't shout in these times, Brothers Murphy. They, they're not dancing the aisles or praise the Lord for the waters of Merah. You know, glory to God. You know, no, it's, these are reflective times now. These are times where we realize life is sober. Life is real. Life is a, it can be a battle. Certainly as a Christian, we realize we're in a battle. And we go through things, and our brothers and sisters go through things that are bitter. And God leads them and leads us to those things. And many times, they are unavoidable. They're not things that we bring on ourselves. But God led the children of Israel to Merah. And Brother Brown says, yes, standing there, what can we do? We followed the Lord. We've come through the blood. We've separated ourselves. Moses said, stand still. That's right. And in every temptation, he'll make a way of escape. There was a little bush standing by the side there. He cut down the bush and throwed it in the water, and the water becomes sweet, bubbling up, joyful. What another shouting time they had. Amen. So in the midst of the bitterness, there was something there that was going to turn the bitterness around. Brother Brown says in one place that that tree that he cut down represented Calvary. And then Calvary is the sweetness that we need in our bitter times. And in the times when we go through things and go through struggles and, and go through battles, and God is always there to help us in the midst of our bitterness. It's not that there isn't bitterness, but he's there to take the bitter part out of our lives. Listen, the, when, the, when John was told, a type of the bride in this age, go eat the book, what was he told? It'll be sweet in your mouth, but it will be bitter in your belly. Amen. Jesus going to Calvary. It was a bitter cup that he had to partake of. It was not. So he said, Father, if thou be willing, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. In other words, if I got to go through it, let me go through it. If there's no other way to have the victory, let me go through this bitter trial that I must go through. But let me have the victory. Amen. Let me lay a hold of the tree of Calvary and cast it into my bitter waters until the bitterness becomes sweet. I enjoyed the message that Brother Tom preached on honey. You know, and, and honey is something that, that, it, that, it, that was a parable to Samson because he found honey in the midst of the trial. And, and you've got to look for the honey in the midst of the trial. If Samson ne never would have revisited the trial, if he never would have walked past the lion again, Many times we go through things of a battle, even battles that we won, like Samson defeated the lion. We just say, you know what? I'm going to stay as far away from that if I can. I don't want to go down that road again. I don't want to be there again. I don't want to go through that again. I don't want to be reminded of that again. But there was honey laying there. While he was gone, there was honey that had taken place. And he was to partake of the sweetness that only came because of the battle he had. Hallelujah. And there is sweetness that can only come. They never would have tasted the sweetness of the waters of Merah had they not gone to Merah and run out of water. 
and said, we are thirsty. What are we going to do? Moses, have you brought us out here to die? That was a famous saying amongst them. Have you brought us out here to die? And, and Moses said, stand still, and God will give us the answer. And God said, "Throw, cut down that tree, a particular tree. Throw it into the water. And the waters became sweet. Hallelujah. Then Brother Brown said they really had a rejoicing time. Amen. Amen. In, in another place in the Hebrew series, Brother Brown says, he led them to bitter waters so he could prove their faith. He likes to do it. He likes to let tribulations come on you. Thank you. Both of you. So he can show you his love and his power. How can people today who doesn't believe in a miracle working God When tribulations come, they just give up and go on. But we believe that God works miracles. Hallelujah. We're a believer because God made us believers. We're not so smart as God had figured out. Listen, miracles are paradoxes. They're things that are, we're not able to figure out. But regardless of the fact that I don't figure it out, God, my God is a God of miracles. I've seen too many miracles to ever doubt him. So that in the midst of a battle, in the midst of a trial, in the midst of a low moment, in the midst of my own weakness, I can look up to him and say, Lord, you are here anyway. When the storm comes, you are here. When all hope seems lost, you are here. No matter what's going on, you are here. Because I'm a part of you and you're a part of me. And I don't look at my trials. I don't look at my lying vanities. I don't look at the things that the devil's trying to throw on me, on my flesh, whatever it might be. I don't look at the troubles he tries to trouble me in my mind. I don't look at the circumstances that he's trying to tell me are beyond hope. That makes no difference. God is here, and wherever he is, all things are possible. Hallelujah. All things are possible to them that believe. There's a remedy to bitterness. It's faith in Calvary. Revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. God is molding you. You can say, thank you, Lord. God is molding you. He's not done with you yet. You're still here. I'm still here. God was done with Henry. God was done with Brother Harold in this realm. But we're still here. He's still molding us. And that's what character building is. Character building is the process of eliminating spiritual pollution from our minds. God is in the process of doing that. He says, and he, Paul writes in Philippians 2, he says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion of, as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Not just any death, the most bitter death. The, the most awful physical struggle for breath. Because he took his last one there and took another one somewhere else. Listen, saints, 
death was the struggle for him. He struggled on that cross because of the limitations of the flesh, and he would not accept deliverance because it was only by going through that that the victory could be had. Sometimes I wonder where we are at as believers. As Brother Brown said, if we don't believe he's a miracle-working God, we just give up and go on. But because we believe he's a miracle-working God, we press on in the midst of whatever situation he allows us to come into, knowing that he's a very present help in a time of need. And so God wants every thought to become pure. Paul writes in in the same book, chapter 4 of Philippians, he says, be careful for nothing, which is to say, be worried about nothing. This is a great one, sisters. Be worried about nothing. I see some of the brothers smiling. I better not look particularly at them for their wife's sake. What are you worried about? Bible says don't worry about anything. Can you accept that? All right. I'll go further. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Amen. Isn't that what we need in this hour? In the hour of pressure, we need to make sure spiritual pollution is absent from our minds. Because the devil would have you worry about every little thing. Worry about every circumstance. Worry about every person. Worry about all your children. Worry about all your family. Worry about your husband. Worry about your wife. Worry about this. Don't, Jesus, the Bible says, well, don't worry about it. But rather make your request known unto God. In prayer, with thanksgiving, and supplication. Let God know, I believe you. I believe you for my wife. I believe you for my husband. I believe you for my children. I believe your promise. Amen. I'll not let any other thought of the devil or spiritual pollution come into my mind because neither will I let a negative confession come out of my mouth. You say amen to that. So he says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Amen. Listen, we're going to know who's on the other side, who makes it to the other side, when we get to the other side. Let me just spell it out for you. You will see people in this realm go this direction and go that direction. And you will see people that you thought were solid believers all of a sudden appear weak. You'll see people that you thought were, were you never had to worry about all of a sudden go some direction that's off the wall. And you're wondering where are they going? Be worried about nothing. But make your request known unto God. Think pure thoughts about him. Think pure thoughts about her. Before you even speak about them, think about them. Find something good. I'm always on my family about this one. They'll tell you that. You know, there's always lots of negative about everybody except you, of course. But, you know, there's lots of negative about me. There's lots of negative about everybody else except for you. 
And, and so when you think about somebody else, you can always find something that the devil will point out as we call it a hinder part. Something that the devil will point out is not exactly perfected in them yet. There's lots of those things in this room. Now you might say, well, they're all standing behind the pulpit, Brother Tim. <laughs> There's lots of those things in this room. And that is true. But the Bible commands us not to think on those things. So you stop thinking that about me. All right? Don't think about that about your brother. Don't think about that about your sister. Don't think about that about somebody that's not here tonight. Don't think that about somebody you haven't seen for a while. That's why I said a long time ago, I hate Facebook. I hate, I think it's Instagram. I don't even know what they are, what the current social media thing is. You know, I hate all those things because it's all lying vanities anyway. Either A, somebody's trying to be more than they are, or B, somebody that's a son or daughter of God is a hypocrite living like the world, and I don't want to see them living like the world. All I want to think about them is they're an attribute of God. Are you with me on that? Can you go with me there? Can you get rid of your Facebook? Oh. (laughs) Go a lot quieter on that level. Brother Tim, you're so devious. Don't think that about me. (laughs) Whatsoever things are of a good report, think on these things. Hallelujah. If there be any virtue, think on these things. If there be any praise, think on these things. What are you listening to? When you're listening to something, ask yourself, what region is this coming from? When you're looking at something, ask yourself, what region is this coming from? Be careful for spiritual pollution. One time, Brother Branham was given a test. But now watch what the, what the test was. The test was not his thoughts. The test was, and I'll quote it here. The Lord said, there is a trap set for you. Be thou careful what you say. There's the test now. Of course, the the circumstances were that he was in a service and there was a young couple that was behaving immorally right in a service. And they wouldn't listen to anybody, the deacons or Brother Branham, anybody telling them to stop. And they just kept on being a distraction uh, and doing immoral acts right in a church. You or I, can, we cannot fathom that in our minds. But that's what was happening. And so Brother Branham was in this situation. And he, he, says, oh, he says, I went right ahead speaking just the same. And he got so immoral with her till I had to stop again. I said, don't do that, sir. And I, I want, if you want to make love to that young lady, then leave the building. This is a religious meeting. You shouldn't do that. Please don't do that while I'm preaching. I started again, and he just made it worse. That's horrible. That's, that's as low down as you can get. And he says, he says, something said to me, say what you will, and it'll be done. All right? And he says, I stood there, 
Mr. Mercer, the tape boy, and all of them were standing there. Brother Fred, many of them standing present, said, the perspiration just running from me. Something said, say blindness. It'll be blind. Something said, say death, and they'll pack them out. Say what you will. He says, I couldn't speak. I couldn't move. He says, and it just left. And I thought, God, what must I do? And I turned, and he stood there, and his face white looking at me. I thought, what must I say? And I turned, and before I know what I said, I said, I forgive you of your act. Do you believe he was sincere? Do you believe he meant that? Now, there isn't nobody here or that has left here that has done such a heinous act. Do you forgive them? Bible says, be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. He says, I looked down there and I said, I forgive you. This is now he's recounting it 10 days later, or a month later, I'm sorry. He says, I looked down there and I said, I forgive you. He said, that's exactly what he wanted. See, forgive your enemies. See, these are the spirits that make you evil. Watch them spirits. What's he talking about? Spiritual pollution. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. If he would have said death, that would not have been the power of the Holy Ghost, what it wanted to do. But rather, he would have taken the power of the Holy Spirit and perverted it by human reaction to circumstances. Fleshly, carnal reaction. Abhorrence of the evil that was done right in the service. And it w- he could have been moved. And he stood there and he was, he was sweating it out. But, but I, I was thinking of the subject. Let me just say it this way. I was thinking of the subject that's in the news today. Free speech. In that, you know, they, they want to have free speech. And, and certain ones have different ideas of free speech. And our Canadian government is enacting laws to limit free speech. So that you cannot publicly say whatever you want to say. Now there are already limitations on it. And that is you cannot come into a building like this and yell fire. And, and, and even though that we have free speech, that, that is actually against the law. Because people could cause a riot and people could get hurt and those kind of things. And, and so it, it's illegal to do that kind of a thing. There are limitations to it, all right, to incite violence and that sort of thing. But the question is who sets the rules? Who decides what is hate speech versus what isn't hate speech? Who decides what is the right way to describe something and the wrong way to describe something? Who describes what is moral and what isn't moral? 
And that is the government laws and the government ideas in perverse minds and corrupt minds of this last days when people have gone totally insane. But now let me take it across over to the spiritual because in the kingdom of God there is free speech. But the free speech is not governed by rules. The free speech is governed by a nature. And there was a nature in Brother Branham. And he was given the authority, say whatever you will. I think, Brother Tom, you touched on the spoken word on Sunday. Say whatever you will, but there has to be a nature behind that. There has to be a new birth behind that and a molding of the character of Jesus Christ within the individual that in the midst of a trial where, where something happens that is abhorrent to our flesh, that is abhorrent to our nature. We might, I might not like the way one, one brother treats another brother. I might, it might seem like it's not right to me the way this brother acted towards that brother. But is it not right because of my culture? Because of my upbringing, because of my personal sensitivities, because of my personality, all of those kind of things? Or what is is the reality of it? There has to be a nature governing the word that we speak. That's why when Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church, and excuse me for getting unctionized about this, but I'll just say, sometimes I wonder about the nature in people. When it seems like they can just say anything about somebody, the Bible says, love your enemies. And that's the hardest thing for us to do. Amen? Amen. But because there's something in in us that sees someone act wrong and we want to rebuke it. I do. You see something wrong and you just want to just give that person a piece of your mind. But God doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to give them a piece of the mind of Jesus Christ. Forgive them as Christ forgave you. Let no corrupt communication, I'm only just beginning now, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth because the power behind the words that you speak, if you can keep yourself out of the way, that power is from the realm of eternity. And I'll just say it this way. When you speak unhindered by your flesh or your mind, but you speak the thoughts coming from the mind of Jesus Christ, I'll put it this way, that's actually a breath of heaven. The purity of the breath of heaven. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Hallelujah. We want that to be within us now as sons and daughters of God. Lord, let the words that come out of my mouth, let them be spirit and let them be life. Let it not be, Lord, corrupt communication. Let it not be uh, hindered or bound up or grieved by some kind of malice or strife or, or evil speaking or bitterness or something. Because actually bitterness, even though bitterness is something that comes into your life, bitterness is not something that's to come out of your life. Bitterness molds you but is not to be a part of you. Praise be to God. Is this okay so far? Listen, Paul's preaching to this Ephesian church here. I believe I'm preaching to an Ephesian church. All right? This is good. 
So just because we have the power or because we have the truth doesn't mean you can say it. Even the truth isn't always spoken because, you know, even Brother Branham had to ask permission to say some things. Even Paul himself said, I saw things in heaven that it's not lawful for them to be uttered. I cannot share some things with you. It's not lawful for me to even tell you some of the things that I saw. But they were there. And they were true. And many of us would want to sit, I would want to sit at the feet of Paul and say, tell me all about it. Tell me every detail. Tell me what you saw being caught up into the third heaven. Tell me what's really there. But he says, some things I can't even tell you. They're not lawful to come out of that realm into this realm. But God would only reveal them to Paul if he knew he could trust Paul. The Bible says in Proverbs 25, he says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. Fitly spoken denotes a season. It actually talks about in the right time. Therefore, words are not just truth, but words have timing. Brother Brown had to, de- had to learn that early in his ministry as pertains to the visions. And he, he talked about that, uh, you know, different situations, how he waited, had to wait for certain things to be in position before he could pray for the needy person. And, and he was taught that by the Lord. You don't just see a vision and then just go, oh, all the ingredients are here, let's just act. No, everything needs to be in place. And then a word fitly spoken will change the situation. Proverbs 15 says, A man has joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season. How good it is. Ecclesiastes 3 talks about a season. It says there's times for everything. It says there's a time to rend, a time to sow. There's a time to keep silence and a time to speak. And so there's... There's words and power in words. Even Jesus in John 16, he says, These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time comes when I shall no more speak to you in Proverbs, but I will show you plainly of the Father. There's coming a time, this isn't that time, but there's coming a time I'll show you plainly. In other words, once you got the Holy Ghost, you'll be able to see things that you can't see now. At that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father loveth himself loveth you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. All right. Still with me? Oh my. We are over time. All right. Remember Jesus said, and I'll just paraphrase a lot of things now. Jesus said, it's not that which goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but that which comes out of the mouth. You're an attribute of God. Brother Tom laid it out for us on Sunday. You're an attribute of God. You're called to speak the word. But you're called to speak only the word. You're called to speak that which is pure, because in there is power. 
You're called to speak that which is right, that which is without malice, that which is without strife. And believe me, saints, these, when Paul's writing this to the Ephesian church, these are the things we struggle with. Come on, saints. Let's be real here. We're human beings. We still have an unredeemed flesh. We make mistakes every day. And I hate to say it, we probably say something wrong every day. Getting caught up in the heat of the moment. Getting, get, getting personally offended about something. Whatever it might be. We say the wrong thing. And Lord, help us to overcome that. Lord, let the mind that was in Jesus Christ be in me. Amen. If a fig tree needs to be cursed, then let me curse it. But, if, it, but if, it's, if it's your will for me to just lead one person to their healing, let me just lead that one person. Might be just one person in all the pools of Bethesda, but let me just deal with that one person. Or if it's for one over here, it's for one over there, let me just speak the words of eternal life. Let me just say those things that will quicken. Say those things that will purify. Say those things that will uplift. Say those things that will edify. Say those things that will make somebody feel like they're somebody in the sight of God. I don't want to say anything that makes somebody feel like they're nothing. What good is that? Lord, let me speak things that tell them God cares about them. That they're thought of in the mind of God before the foundation of the world. And they're in his thoughts. And I want to say to you here and to those that are listening, you are in his thoughts. The reason that you even feel the slightest tug of moving closer to God is because that's God dealing with you. And he's moving in your life and he's bringing himself closer. Lord, let there not be anything in me that will defile me. Let there be everything put out that should be put out. Mold my nature. Let my communication be such that will minister grace unto the hearers. Give me just a few more minutes, all right? I was, th- I was pondering this now in the application of it. I thought, Lord, that heavenly, speaking that heavenly atmosphere. See, because when you speak the word, the word comes from the eternal. Not from the time realm. The word comes from the eternal because the word is eternal. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. It was out without beginning, without ending. So if I'm speaking the word, I'm speaking the eternal. Amen. All right? But I hear in time. So if I'm speaking the eternal things into time, it's ministering grace to the hearers. It's changing the atmosphere. It's bringing a breath of heaven. God breathed into Adam the breath of life. And you know what? I happen to believe that Adam had to inhale. Take a deep breath of heaven tonight. The word is going forth. Take a deep breath. Let the Holy Spirit minister something down into the inside of the inside. Open up your spiritual lungs tonight and say, oh God, minister to me. Lord, let that heavenly breath come down into my soul. How many times have we experienced that? I'll say many times. Till somebody has spoken, something just spoken fitly in the right season, come from that dimension, changed our trajectory of our life, changed the atmosphere around about us.
You know, I was thinking about how that, you know, that was a great consolation to the widow of Zarephath. I think Michael touched on that. How that, you know, she was there. Life was in turmoil and how that, her, you know, the baby and, and the food was coming to an end and the water was scarce and all of those things. And, and so caught up in that time element. But then she heard something. But thus saith the Lord. Amen. The cruise will not run dry and the barrel of meal will not fail. Till God sends rain from heaven. What was that? That was a breath of heaven. Hallelujah. That changed her atmosphere. That released the pressure. That built her up. Hallelujah. That ministered grace to her. Glory to God. What a release. She had thus saith the Lord. More and more we should be hearing from that realm. We don't want to confuse it with our own issues. I was... I was Looking at some of the things, Brother Branham, and I don't have time to read them all, but, you know, I was talking one time, he was reading one time, he was with a couple in a car, and they had a baby that was sick, and it was a three years old, and the doctor said, it's not going to live, and, and he's talking to them, and Mr. Emil was his name, and he says, you live in a white house? And he said, yes. And he says, the front door faces south? Yes. You have a red fold in that house? Yes, sir. You have red baseboards all around the house? Yes. He says, your baby's about three years old? Yes. He says, was you ever up there? And then the, the fellow says, were you ever there? Brother Ram says, not in the way you think I was. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, well, Brother Bram, he says, he said, and Brother Bram says, and the baby's barely breathing, isn't he? He says, it is. I said, thus saith the Lord, your baby's going to live. Yeah. Hallelujah. What a breath from heaven. What an eternal word that changed and drove away the spiritual pollution of sickness on that child. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Brother Branham says, and this is the effect it had. He took this man, had to inhale this now. Hallelujah. I was thinking of inhaling it. Oh, I can't wait. I'm sorry, I can't wait. He says he just pulled up the brakes of his old Model T Ford he had. He threw his arms around, one around Brother Graham, the other around, one around myself. He says, I never heard a man cry and repent so much in my life. <laughs> Hallelujah. What was it? A breath from heaven came into the vehicle. It changed the atmosphere. All the fears were gone. Amen. All of the, the self-bondage uh, 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 was gone. He just freely repented and freely rejoiced in the Lord. Why? Because he heard something from another dimension. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Brother Brown was in a meeting. I'll just maybe use this one last one here. He says, in 1954, he says, I looked across this way and I seen a young doctor with one of these medic coats on with the collar on this way. He had a thing in front of his head here, a light that they reflect the light. He says, and I forget the name of the instrument. And he had his arms folded and he wore tortoise shell glasses and he was shaking his head. Specific enough for you? He says, as the vision materialized, I looked below him, and there was a little colored girl about six or seven years old, and he had taken her tonsils out, and it wasn't successful and paralyzed her. And when I told the vision, which was before me, way down through the distance, he says, several times of this building, he's in Wood River, Illinois, but he's, he says, several times of this building, he says, I heard 
a typical Aunt Jemima let out a big scream. And she started up there, a great big heavy set woman. She was just knocking ushers right and left. <laughs> Hallelujah. She was pulling a stretcher behind her. She said, Lord have mercy, that was my baby. What did she hear? What did she receive? Not corrupt words. She received the truth from eternity. He says, he says they had to line up a bunch of people because you're not supposed to get to the platform without a prayer card because that's the legitimate way we have of doing it. He says the usher had to turn her from the line and they had to make a way there and she was screaming and going on. She said, Parson, that was my baby. Will she ever be well? I said, I don't know, Auntie. The only thing I can say is what I see. Why? Because that's the uncorrupt part. We can put our minds to it and say, well, I believe, or I think, or it could be. But Brother Branham wasn't into that. He says, I'll tell you exactly what I see. Because what I see comes from the eternal. And what comes from the eternal is pure. Hallelujah. He says, he says, I wouldn't know, Auntie. He says, Howard, are you, are you ready for the first person to come? He says, yes. He says, and a lady started walking up, and I turned to look out over the audience to tell them to be reverent. Looked like a dark streak moving, and it kept coming in like that. And what it was, it was a street or something or a road, and a little colored girl. What a breath of heaven. He says, a colored girl was going walking down the road with a doll in her hand, rocking it back and forth. He says, now that's the word of the Lord made manifest. No matter what would take place, all the forces of hell couldn't move against that. The woman don't even have to have faith. She don't have to have anything because God has said so. That's how strong the breath of heaven is. The woman doesn't even need to have faith because it's already come from the eternal. It's going to be that way anyway. Like we say, it's already done. If God says so, it's already done. He says, that's God's word materialized. He says, then I had thus saith the Lord. I says, auntie, as reverent as you've been, God has rewarded you, and your baby is healed. And she started screaming. I wish I was there. She started screaming and kissing the baby. Hallelujah. She said, oh, Parson, when will my baby get well? I said, it's well now, auntie. Hallelujah. She said, Ken, he says, and the baby said, looky here, mother, and she raised up. Hallelujah. That poor old thing, she fell backwards. Talk about the mother now. She fell backwards and began screaming. Hallelujah. He says, women begin to faint. People begin to pass out. What was it? A breath from heaven. Something from the eternal came into this time realm and ministered grace to the hearer. 
He says they got them up. They had a commotion there for a little bit. And when they got the girl up, the mother, they had taken hold of each other's hands, walked right through there before thousands of people, mother and daughter. Hallelujah. He says the man that drove the ambulance stood there with such a depleted look on his face. (laughs) He took the stretcher back. I said, you see what the Lord Jesus can do. Hallelujah. A breath of heaven. Why don't the musicians come? A breath of heaven. The sisters could come that sang that song. The breath of heaven. You sang it on Sunday. I want you to sing it again. If that was the way with Elijah and the widow of Zarephath. That was the way of Brother Branham's meetings. Brother Branham, a prophet of God that was so molded. So careful. Be careful what you say. But now I'll finally say, what about you and me? Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which will minister grace unto the hearers. Let God wipe our thoughts of all bitterness and all malice and all strife and everything that will hinder the power of God that's strong enough to speak worlds into existence. If we can say the right thing by faith, all things are possible. Let me minister something that will build you up. Let me minister something that will strengthen you. That will let you know who you are in God's sight. It doesn't matter who you are in my sight. But if you can catch who you are in God's sight, all things are possible to them that believe. Hallelujah. I was thinking just before they sing, I was thinking, and that song maybe we'll sing it after, but that woman that wrote that song out of Psalms, all my life you have been faithful. That's why that resonates to us. Because we've all been through bitterness. We've all been through things. But when we can realize in the midst of it all, all our lives He's been faithful. That just means everything to us. I asked them to put the words to the chorus of this song up on the screen so you can be the choir tonight. And join in on the chorus. But I want you to realize the words that come out of your mouth can be a breath from heaven. Go ahead. Oh 
favorite songs. I hear it at the house all the time in many different renditions, sung by a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and I love them all. All my life, a two-year-old, all my life, you have been faithful. You can sing it at two, you can sing it at four, you can sing it at 40, you can sing it at 80. All my life, you have been faithful. 
daughters of God here to turn this world upside down. 
let it not be hindered. I want to say this now not just as an admonishment, but I want to say this as thus saith the Lord. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away with all malice. I say may God grab that tonight. Let it leave this church. I'm not trying to make you perfect. I'm not trying to make you some superheroes. I just say, may God just release the power that's within you. Till no corrupt communication. Oh Lord, help me. Let no corrupt communication proceed from my mouth. But only that which will minister grace unto the ear. Loose the Holy Spirit in this church, oh God. Loose your power in our lives, oh God. Lord, I think your servant, Brother Henry, was a good example of that. He would minister grace to the hearer. He would talk about the things that are good. He would talk about the things that are holy of a good report. Oh Lord, we thank you for a life. Lord, make our lives so much the mind of Jesus Christ. Oh God, let all hindrance, all that grieves your spirit, Father, be put away from our lives. Lord, it means a tearing down for me, so be it, Lord. Let every bad thing just cease, oh God. Let the power of your resurrection just move unhindered, Lord. In the life of every attribute. For that reason you have brought us here, Lord. We give ourselves afresh to you, Lord. We consecrate ourselves afresh to you tonight, Lord. Let our every thought be pleasing. No wonder your servant David said, May the meditation of my heart, the thoughts of my mind, be acceptable unto thee, O God, my strength and my redeemer. Lord, we give ourselves to you. Just a little Bible study tonight. But Lord, let it be an impact in our lives, we pray. We love you, Lord, for you have been so good to us. Thank you in Jesus Christ's name. All my life have been faithful. All my life. Oh
Hallelujah. Has he been good to you? How can we say anything else? It's a room full of miracles. A room full of the power of God. How wonderful our Lord is to us. God bless you. Do as you feel led to do. Stay, go, worship, pray. However you feel led, the service is dismissed in Jesus' name.
Thank you.